Thank you for calling Membership 180. If you know your party's extension, please enter it now. Membership 180, this is Jay. Today on the show, we talk to Jay Handler, co-founder and director of Membership 180, a company helping chambers of commerce around the world build through long-term sustainable growth. Jay is a nationally sought after speaker, trainer, and consultant. We're excited to have him on the show today to discuss member acquisition strategies. Episode four of the Chamber Podcast starts right now. Here's where the magic begins to make change happen. The human voice. It's the most powerful sound in the world. Getting curious about something and diving in. One of the things that I enjoy more than anything else is learning new things. Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. So Jay, let's jump right in. And my first question with member acquisition is, what can a chamber do today to get the attention of businesses in their community who are not currently a member of the chamber? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that the, the best thing that a chamber can do today to make sure that those prospects, those folks out in the community that haven't joined the organization yet actually see value and want to stay members long-term is to talk about something that everybody cares about. And that's really the focus of everything we do at Membership 180, frankly. What we want to do is make sure that everybody knows the stories that everybody cares about. The challenge is that most people don't know they care about the stories until you tell them why they should. And what I mean by that is, you know, for I'll give you an example. The Chamber of Commerce in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana, in Metairie, you know, several years back, the FCC came and said, hey, listen, we're going to go ahead and take the, the 502 area code, if I'm not mistaken, but we're going to take that 502 area code and give that to Orleans Parish. New Orleans is going to keep that. Everybody else across the state is going to have to get a new area code. I don't know if you've ever been through the process of having to change your area code but it's really, really problematic for businesses because now a business right across the street or, or a prospect right across the street has to dial 10 digits to get through to you. And if they can't figure it out quickly and easily, they're going to move on to somebody on the other side of the street, and it's not going to be you. So the, the Chamber of Commerce in, in Jefferson Parish said, you know, this isn't going to be a, a productive use for our members. or It's not going to be a, a good transition for our members and for businesses here throughout our community. So they fought the FCC, and eventually that 502 area code is not only Orleans Parish, but also Jefferson Parish. It's things like that that chambers do every single day. And for anybody listening in, your chamber does the exact same stuff. It may not be on that scope. It may not be on that scale, but you're doing something. You're going to your city council meetings and your county council meetings and your school board meetings. You're fighting to make sure that the skills gap is being closed. You're fighting to make sure that that penny sales tax that is going to hurt or help your community is fought for or against. You're there to make sure that those zoning issues that would affect your members are being handled in a way that's going to be conducive to the business community thriving. Those are the things that we do that affect every single community member, man, woman, and child, business owner or not, member of the chamber or not. And those are the things that I think that every chamber should really be spending a lot of time talking about if they want the prospects, those folks outside of their membership, to really understand what the chamber is all about. What we found is that only somewhere between 8 and 12% of chamber members nationwide Again, these numbers may change a little bit based on size of the community, but 8 to 12% of chamber membership 
will ever attend your networking functions and your ribbon cuttings. So if we lead off with that stuff, if we're talking so much about, you know, if we're, if we're spending 80% of our time talking about something that less than 20% of our membership is ever going to take part in, well, that's broken communication. We're not going to get our message across because the first thing we're telling somebody is something that they don't care about. So we need to make sure that when we say something, we have the greatest possibility for impact. And that means we have to say something that everybody cares about. Everybody cares about better schools. They just don't know they care. Everybody cares that the you know that somebody is looking out for them at city council and county council. They just don't know why. If we tell those stories, if we talk about those things in the streets and in our newsletters and on Facebook and at dinner parties, all of a sudden the chamber becomes very, very valuable to our community. So as you've been working with chambers throughout the nation, what have you found to be some of the most creative member acquisition strategies that you've seen? You know, there's, there's some really creative stuff out there. Um, I can point you to the Quad Cities Chamber of Commerce. And, and for those of you unfamiliar, the, the Quad Cities is four kind of sister communities along the Mississippi River bordering Illinois and Iowa. Uh, and the Quads, they, they came together and formed one mega chamber, 2,500 some odd members, something like that. Uh, you know, but if you can imagine the, the difficulties that they face with four separate municipalities, four cities, two states, and everything that goes along with all of that, it's, it's uh, a very, very difficult thing. But what they found was that there were four, five, six different uh, industry groups or second segments, excuse me, uh, different segments that weren't represented within the membership the way that they were within the community. And so one of the things that they did as part of a, a recruitment effort that we were up, they went ahead and put together some really cool uh, direct mail campaigns. And each campaign was individual, but they were all branded and co-branded to look exactly alike. So it was their logo, their color scheme, and everything else, and it was a, a branded piece, a templated piece. But, for example, one of the things that they were looking for was uh, some of the nonprofits. And so they got the uh, executive director of the local blood bank. And he, they, they took a picture of him and some quotes from him and put together this really interesting direct mail piece that went only to other nonprofits saying, this is why we're a member of the Chamber of Commerce, and this is why we think that other nonprofits around the region should also join the chamber. It was very, very specific to their industry. Uh, manufacturing was another. And so they had uh, the... Uh, executive director of the John Deere Foundation, a member of the chamber, do the exact same thing. A portrait of her, quote from her, bullet points regarding why she thinks that folks in the manufacturing segment within the Quad Cities region should be a member of the chamber. And that went out again. They're only to those people in that industry segment. So really very, very targeted communications, letting people know why they should become a member of the chamber from somebody whose name and face they're going to recognize and, and respect as a leader in their particular industry. In northern Palm Beach County, Florida, the Chamber of Commerce there, Beth Kegel, put together a really remarkable program. I think it's, it's, it's very, very simplistic, very easy, but brilliant. And what she did was understood that a lot of people take the chamber staff for granted, not because they want to, but because they don't know who they are or what they do. So what they did is actually went about a campaign of letting people kind of see behind the curtain, if you will. And they created a uh, sort of a uh, get-to-know-the-chamber program, and, it, and it's exclusively on Facebook and on their uh, newsletter. But what they do is they take a, a photograph, a portrait of a staff member, 
And in this templated piece, they talk a little bit about what that staff member means to the chamber, what they do for the chamber, what that specifically means directly for you, the prospect, or you, the member, and a little bit of personal information about them as well so you can kind of get to know them. And those are going out on a, on a pretty regular basis, and they're rotating those. Uh, there's a, a chamber of commerce, the Mountain View Chamber in California, did a very similar piece actually uh, quite some time ago. They did a video. And they just went, it wasn't an expensive thing. They took a flip video camera and went from office to office to office. And each individual staff member said, hi there, I'm Jay. I'm the membership development uh, coordinator here at the Chamber of Commerce. And while you're out running your business, while you're out making sure you can make payroll, here's what I'm doing specifically for you at the Chamber. And each individual staff member got an opportunity to put that on video. Really cool stuff. What a great idea to really show in a very practical way the value that the Chamber's bringing. Awesome. So let me ask you this. How do you see Chambers staying fresh today? One of the biggest issues that we face in the industry is that unless you've gone to Institute or to your state association or to ACCE or to some sort of uh, you know ongoing training, so many Chamber industry professionals just kind of became chamber professionals. You know, they, they didn't go to school to become a chamber executive. And so what do we do? We learn how to do our jobs based on how the person before us did their job. And so there's a lot of this 20 and 30 and 40 year old thought process going on. And people are doing some fantastic work, but they're doing it the way they've been doing it for 20 and 30 and 40 years, not realizing that it might be time to freshen things up a little bit. So I think that one of the biggest issues that we see is in communications. You know, people are just kind of thrown into that communications role and may or may not have the the training to actually perform that function. So they're doing the best they can with what they've got, but they need to, to start to understand, you know, for example, the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle. You know, Pareto principle says simply that 80% of our efforts are only going to result in 20% of our outcomes. And 20% of our efforts are going to lead to the other 80% of what comes of it. That's a huge, huge uh, discrepancy. And we need to understand it so that when we think about the fact that, I'll give you an example, Brian. If you go to most Chamber of Commerce Facebook pages right now, if you read their newsletters, if you go to their websites, you're going to be inundated with posts and comments and threads that say, come, come, come show up, attend, participate. And yet, 8 to 12% of chamber membership will ever do that. And again, smaller chamber, that number is going to go a little bit higher. Larger chamber, it's going to go a little bit lower. But 8 to 12% is the real number. So how can we, being good stewards of our resources, including our time, how can we justify spending 80% of our time talking about things that 90% of our membership doesn't really take advantage of or, or maybe even care about? We've got to spend our time a little bit more wisely than that. We've got to understand what the real value message is for our organization and make sure that we're spending 80% of our time talking about that. Well, thanks so much, Jay, for coming on the podcast this week. I understand that you recently launched a new resource for chamber directors. Do you mind talking a little bit about what that is and what it has to offer? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, about two weeks ago, I guess it was, uh, we launched the Membership 180 Guide to Internal Membership Campaigns. And the concept's real simple. We've been doing these facilitated membership campaigns for, for several years now and with great success. But the reality is that we can't do 
more than a couple dozen of those a year. Just from a time standpoint, it can't be done. And then when you look at the fact that there are 7,500 chambers around the country and only two or three or four companies that are doing this sort of facilitated membership campaigns, there are a lot of chambers out there that are every single year or every other year going to do some sort of a staff-led membership recruitment campaign or drive. And so the biggest thing that we hear is, you know what, we tried this on our own and we get 10, 20, 30 new members. We do all this work. We get all these volunteers to, to you know, pitch in for six, eight, 10, 12 months, or weeks, excuse me. And, you know, we get a pretty limited response and the ones who do join don't stick around. So what we decided to do is go ahead and create a new resource that allows internally led membership drives to take on the Membership 180 philosophy. So everything that we teach when we come to town to work with the Chamber of Commerce on a facilitated campaign is in this manual. It gives chambers the opportunity to do it themselves. Now, I'd be lying to you if I told you that I thought that was the best way to do it. I think it's incredibly important to have that third-party facilitator come in and help because you need that fresh voice. You need somebody from the outside saying, you guys are doing great stuff. And your members need to hear that, and the community needs to hear that. So, quite frankly, in the, on the very first page of the manual is a great big disclaimer. And it says, we're so glad that you've trusted the Membership 180 model to help you and guide you through this process of bringing in all these new members, and we're sure that's going to help you. However, if after reading this manual and going through it, you realize that, man, this is just more than we bargained for, we've bitten off more than we can chew, we'll give you back 300% of the money that you spend on the manual towards bringing me to town to do that facilitated membership campaign with you. So it's a no risk situation in that case if you if you think, man, this is just too much for us. But uh, the, the response has been overwhelming and uh, chambers around the country have been scooping this thing up and uh, we've actually had to go out and print, <laughs> print more of them. Uh, after about a week and a half, I ran out and had to go back and, and get more printed up. So. Uh, the, the response has been fantastic and uh, just so thrilled that the uh, the chambers around the country are, are looking at it as a resource that they're excited to utilize. For more information on Membership 180, go to membership180.com or check out the link below in the show notes. If this is your first time tuning in to the Chamber Podcast, good news, you're only three weeks behind in episodes and you can listen to all of our episodes on demand at chamberpodcast.com. Next week is our monthly ideas and resources episode, and we'll be launching the Fresh Chamber Toolkit. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for tuning in today, and we'll see you right back here next week on the Chamber Podcast.